Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary We Revival Labors through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. You can connect live to Moments of Encounter every Tuesday by 6 p.m. West African time at www.mixlr.com forward slash Moments of Encounter. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. God bless you. Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity to gather again. Thank you, Father, for what you are about to do in our life. Thank you for the Spirit. Thank you for the grace, for the anointing. Thank you for the Word. Thank you because 
what you have planned to accomplish in our life this evening, evening must be accomplished. Our hearts are ready, Lord. Our hearts are ready. Let your word come forth. Let your word be released unto our lives. And let the power of the Holy Ghost attend to each and every one of us, even tonight. Let there be encounter. Let there be transformation. Let there be testimonies, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We are grateful to God for His mercies, His loving kindness that He has bestowed upon us. We have a new team we are starting to look at today, the power of prayer. And we just want to look at the introduction to that today. And then subsequently, we trust the Lord to take us into the depth of all that we are supposed to learn and know and practice with respect to prayer so that our Christian life will be what it's supposed to be. Prayer is the most important thing any man can do on earth. Whether physical or spiritual, things as values, things are classified according to their values. In the value system of God, prayer is standing as the priority of priorities. That's why if you study the life of Jesus, why he was physically here on earth, you will notice that prayer is standing out in his life. Anyone who is Christ-like, Christian, must learn from the priority of prayer displayed in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. He prayed and prayed. When he entered Jerusalem, he saw how they were selling and buying. He chased them out and he said to them that it was prophesied that the house of the Lord shall be a house of prayer. It shall be a house of prayer. So prayer is our life. He gave many teachings on prayer to show the importance of prayer. But most importantly, he prayed. He prayed. The report of his prayer in Hebrew chapter 5 verse 7, you know, it was reported that he prayed with strong crying and tears. He prayed from the beginning he prayed even just as he was about to die. He ended with prayer. He said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. Prayer is everything. Prayer controls everything. Everything falls and rises on the wings of prayer. In this kingdom, we succeed by prayer. If you are planning to be a success... In this kingdom, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus, the kingdom of God, 
you must not joke with prayer. In Luke 18, he, he gave them a parable that men ought to pray and not to faint. Men ought to pray. Men, if you are a man, if you are not an angel, if you are not a spirit, Jesus said, men ought to pray and not to faint. Men ought to pray and not to faint. So, it is so important that if men are going to survive or succeed in their lives as men, Jesus said, they always ought to pray. That is, they are, they are supposed to pray without seasons. Paul retreated the same thing in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. He said, pray without season. Pray without season. So important. In fact, whenever you see instruction on prayer in the epistles, it's always without season. Prayers are meant to be, you know, always consistent, persistent. Because of how important it is in the life of a Christian. Let not your heart deceive you. Let no man deceive you by telling you that prayer is not important or by playing down on the, the quality or quantity of prayers. In the you know, weeks to come, we begin to look at various dimensions of prayers and various aspects. But the truth is that it must be established in your heart that prayer is very, very important in the life of any Christian. Now, when you come to serving God, how can you survive or succeed without prayer? When God is depending on our prayer to be able to do anything He wants to do on the earth, everything that God does on earth is based on prayers of men. If men refuses to pray, God will not be, you know, God will not act. So his actions on the earth, whatever you want God to do, or whatever God does, or whatever God will do on your behalf, on the behalf of anybody, or on earth, must be because man has prayed. Prayer is powerful. So today we'll be looking at the purpose and the power of prayer. Let's have just a kind of skeletal understanding of the purpose and the power of prayer. Prayerlessness is a terrible thing. Very terrible. It is the greatest sin anybody can commit. The reason is because it is the mother of all sin. When people become prayerless, then they have no power to be able to overcome any temptation. Jesus said to the apostles that are with him in Gethsemane, watch and pray so that you will not enter into temptation. Watch and pray so that you will not enter into temptation. So, that is to say, if you don't watch and pray, definitely you will end up entering into temptation. So, we are going to be looking at, of course, as a guide to the journey on that team, the power of prayer, will we be concentrating and focusing more on the life 
of our Lord Jesus, his prayer life and his teachings on prayer. We will also visit some others, both in the scriptures, Old Testament and the New Testament that also prayed and gave instructions on prayer and maybe take some example of the saints in our contemporary that also prayed you know so that we can learn you know from them the power that is embedded in prayer now i just want uh, i just feel we should study a passage in the book of luke where jesus prayed and taught on prayer there are places where he taught on prayer and it was recorded that he taught on prayer there are places where he prayed and it was recorded that he prayed but i noticed in this particular passage he both prayed his prayer life was reported there and then from his prayer he began to teach the disciples on prayer so I feel that may be a very good uh, takeoff for us in this journey. Looking at what happened there, how he prayed, the things that surrendered his, his prayer, and how he began to teach the disciples on the purpose and the power of prayer. We trust the Holy Ghost to grant us insight, light from that uh, story, and uh, we begin to pray this evening. I believe that the lessons that we have for today will all come from that uh, story. Turn your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 11. We will read it from verse 1 to verse 13. It's a long, bit long, but let's just read. Then we now begin to look at them uh, bit by bit. And it came to pass, Luke 11 verse 1, that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil and he said unto them which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that accept receive it and he that seeketh find it and to him that knocketh it shall be opened 
If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks an elk, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Amen. Like I said before, this is one passage in the scripture where Jesus prayed and taught on prayer. If you look at the verse 1, he said, it came to pass. That's the first you know, statement that caught my attention. It and it came to pass. What is it that came to pass? That as he was praying in a certain place. It came to pass. That Jesus was praying in a certain place. There is a difference between praying and desiring to pray. So many people know that prayer is important. So many people talk about prayer and how powerful prayer can be. There are so many talks on prayer. But the truth is that there are only few that are praying. As we go down, when you begin to understand what prayer really means, you will discover that real praying men are scarce. People say things in the name of prayer, do things in the name of praying, but few are praying. There are times that some of us, you plan to pray. But it never came to pass. Every action that a man takes starts with thinking. You feel the need to pray. You thought about it. Oh, I need to pray. And then you plan to pray. But the difference between Jesus and many of us is that when he thought of praying, when the desire to pray comes, when the you know, plan to pray comes, it comes to pass. There are some of us, you just desire, I'm going to pray this night. You plan to pray. You know that prayer is important. Then you plan to pray. But you end up sleeping. It's true. It has happened again and again. In fact, you even nail down to pray. Eh? You even start the praying by kneeling down. Only to wake up when sun has entered your room. You know there are times somebody say, I will pray, just kneel down by 10 o'clock in the night. And then the next time you are going to find where you are is when sun, you know this morning sun, sometimes it can be hatched. 
entering through your window, beating you, entering your eyes. You now. And you know <laughs> why that is so serious is that if you are awake, you cannot nail down for such long. Two of us. But look at how you can kneel down for such hours sleeping. But you cannot kneel down for such hours praying. And it came to pass that after he has finished planning to pray, he was found praying. The team that we are looking at is very well fitted for the season we are. Because this is a season that many people abandon the, you know, the place of prayer in pursuit of maybe one thing or the other. And when things begin to happen to them, when they begin to suffer loss, they start blaming maybe God. It's a season of prayer. And we ought to learn from our Lord Jesus. It's because he understood the importance, the power of prayer. That's why he ensures that all his planning to pray comes to pass. So the first lesson from Jesus today is to ensure that your own plans to pray comes to pass at all costs. And it came to pass that as he was praying, he was not just you know, thinking of praying. Some years ago, I had an intention to pray with my brother. Some years ago and the truth is that when we now came together to pray we ended up discussing and after discussing we noticed that we are too weak to pray the prayer we want to pray and you know in that kind of atmosphere you just say let's do the let's summarize let's do summary prayer the prayers you are supposed to pray the intensity with which you are supposed to pray that prayer everything is lost you gather to pray, you end up talking about prayer, end up discussing about issues of prayer, and at the end of the day, you didn't pray. I'm still regretting that carelessness till tomorrow. Because the loss that we suffered for not praying that night is, is serious. Only God can mercifully redeem that loss. May God open our eyes to see that when you are having that desire, hunger, burden, passion to pray, you should be able to push everything aside. There are some people that plans to pray. Just a sudden visit from a friend or a relation will end up scattering that plan. As if men are now more important than God. There are some that even start praying. Somebody will just knock or talk. They will stop praying. They plan to pray for one hour. We end up in 30 minutes. Jesus was not like that. In fact, if you look at the, that verse 1 carefully, you notice that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that is when he stopped, one of his disciples said unto him. So the disciple that spoke to him couldn't talk to him while he was praying. The reason why the disciple has to wait for him to finish praying before he talks to him is that even you that want to talk to him, you know that he doesn't have attention for you. 
sometimes the the way we are disposed while praying is what makes to men what makes men around us to talk to us even while we are praying. Have you ever seen somebody praying and then as he's still praying, his roommate or his wife or his husband or his brother we say, eh, please, when you finish praying, eh, he's praying, no? So when you finish praying, eh, there is food in the cupboard. Make sure you pack the plate very well after eating. I will come back tomorrow. He's talking to someone that is praying. You know why he's talking to him like that? He knows. He knows your attitude in prayer. That when you are praying, you can stay be discussing. Sometimes somebody is praying, he stay answering call. Eh? You will pick up a, a, a phone to answer call and you say, please uh, debrief because I'm praying. Eh? Jesus, you cannot just talk to him because you know that talking to this man the, with the concentration, with the, the, the seriousness, with the intensity with which he's praying, you, you'll be wasting your time talking to him. So you have to wait for him to stop. I don't know whether you understand what I'm talking about. Yes. There's a way somebody will concentrate. And of course, he thought, on, he thought, he thought that when you pray, go into your closet and talk to your father in the secret. Lock, lock up from the environment. Let your heart be fixed up. I believe that this is the reason why our fathers of faith taught us to close eyes while praying. Even though this, our generation doesn't want to hear that. Eh? They taught us that when you want to pray, you should close your eyes. That's how I was taught to pray as a, 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 a child. So that you can concentrate. So that you don't be looking around and be seeing, you know, cars passing and beds, you know, flying and there you are making comments and all of that. Is it, is it not when your eyes are open that you will notice that your phone is ringing. Eh? As you mean, because so we, we say, let me put the phone on silence. But when the phone is on silence and your eyes is open, when it's ringing, do you know the kind of distraction that, or what distraction can do to a praying man? We don't know that. Jesus was such a man that if you want to discuss with him, you must have to wait. If he starts praying, you better talk to him before he starts praying. Because once he starts, you have to wait until he finishes before you can talk to him. The disciples are away. It came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, certain place, we believe that we should pray all the time. We should be in communion with God. We should be in, you know, praying without ceasing. Every time your spirit should be connected. But Brothers and sisters, from the example of Jesus, there are certain things that will come out. You will need a certain place. You will need a certain time to go for, to a certain place and concentrate in a certain way to be able to get certain answers from God in the place of prayer. So, as we are watching your clock, you can be praying, get connected. As you are reading your book, you are connected. But there are some prayers, there are some, you know, situation 
things things are are never the same things are classified jesus was saying to the disciples that even demons are classified there are some demons that you can cast out with prayer only but there are ones that you need to add fasting before the force will be enough to push them out so there are level of communion there are level of prayer that you needed a certain place to execute so that's why he was in a certain place so when he ceased one of his disciples said unto him lord teach us to pray i'm sure that this disciple is not judas ask me why do you know or how do you know ask me how do you know i think you also know eh? it can't be judas if it is judas to talk to Jesus. He'll be waiting for him to finish praying. So when he finished praying, he said, Oga, have you finished? Teach us how to make money or steal money. Eh? Financial empowerment. Eh? Teach us, you know, how to make money without work, working. You know, there are some money-making businesses you'll be making without working eh? when you put 100, 100 naira after one month you will get 500 naira teach us such kind of strategies that's people like Judas he's a disciple he's one of the twelve he has left everything to follow him too I don't know whether you are that kind of disciple whose heart and passion is not for God but for the things of this world. Whose value system is for the things that has no eternal value. You know one thing about prayer? Prayer outlives the praying person. Eh? The result and the impact of your prayer will outlive you. Even when you die, your prayers will still be working. Even when the world has ended in eternity, your prayers will still be working. That's why prayer cannot be compared to anything. Judas cannot ask that kind of question. There are several believers. They don't desire prayer. Eh? Their heart is far from God. No wonder God has been crying in the book of Isaiah. Jesus repeated, he said, these people, they worship you with their mouth. Eh? They sing, but their heart, because you pray with your heart, is far from me. There's no desire, there's no hunger for God. They are not like David in Psalm 27 verse 4 that we say, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I go after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. They are not like him in Psalm 42 that we say, verse 1, As the deer panted for the water brooks, so my soul longeth after you. No, 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 no. They are desiring and longing after marriage. Desiring and longing after money. After the things of this world, it has occupied their hearts. They are not seeking for God. It can't be Judas. No, it cannot. One of his disciples, one of them, spoke. Maybe he spoke on behalf of everyone. That's why I say, Lord, teach us. Didn't he say, teach me. Teach us to pray. 
Teach us to pray. Listen. Before you can ask somebody to teach you a course, let's say you are a student in university or you are uh, maybe you want to learn a trade. For you to go for somebody to teach you and humble yourself for the person to teach you, it means you cannot learn that thing on your own. Have you ever seen somebody going to learn tailoring who can just, you know, start, you know, sewing clothes without learning it and he still go to learn? Why people go for apprenticeship in tailoring, in mechanic, in uh, whatever? Why people go to school to get one knowledge or the other is because they can't get these things on their own. Real prayers cannot be gotten without serious teaching. Lord, teach us to pray. The subject of praying, you know, because it's not just asking the Lord to teach them how to pray. There's a difference between teach us how to pray and teach us to pray. They have watched the prayer life of this man. And maybe they have tried to pray like him. They have tried to imitate him, to copy him, to say, hey, when he's praying, he used to bend his head like this and he's doing like this. So let's also bend our head like that. You can't imitate prayer. Prayer comes from life. That's why they plead. He asked, he said, teach us to pray. That is, teach us to, to start praying the way you are praying. The truth is that, you know, when Jesus began to teach them to pray, because, you know, that this particular demand or request is so serious that if you look at it closely, what the disciple is asking is, we want to be praying, we have seen your prayer life. In fact, this particular disciple say, as John taught his disciples. So, they have also seen the prayer life of John and the prayer life of John's disciples. Are you getting that? So, and possibly, maybe this particular disciple that made this request may, may have a friend that is a disciple of John and also saw that I know you now, you are my friend before you became a disciple of John and I became a disciple of Jesus. The way you pray now is not the way you pray before. So, how do you come about this kind of prayer life? It was a hunger to, to, to start praying. There are some people, someone defined prayerlessness as getting bored at praying. That is, you are not, if you, know, if you want to know whether you are prayerless, then anytime we say let us pray or you are supposed to pray you are, you, you are not interested that is something in you is not interested in praying if you remember that we have um, Agbiara's meeting or pray, prayer night as the thing is drawing close you are, you are becoming afraid who knows how I'm going to manage myself this night you know and then once the prayer meeting finishes you just do <sighs> At least, this week, we have conquered this week. It's now going to the next week. 
Just, he said, just know that you are prayerless. And I agree with him. Eh? If prayer is not coming from inside, anytime, you know, let me use myself as an example. When I woke up in the morning and I, early in the morning to do my quiet time and I come out to pray, there's this kind of joy. I don't know whether it's, it happens to another person. There's this kind of joy that flows in my soul that I've come to, you know, worship my father. And as I'm walking around and worshiping him, you know, oh my God, it's, it's, it's a delight. It's something that you are looking up to. Anytime I woke up and it is time to pray, I'm happy. In fact, it makes me to get out of bed. There are some people that when they wake up, they have to change position and change gear. Two things. It's a delight. It comes from within. Teach us to pray. Let prayer become our, our delight, our, our hunger, our desire. That's what makes you a Christian, Christ-like. Because this man that you are following, look at his prayer life. Eh? Some people, when they see a praying man, instead of them to go to him and humble himself and say, please, how did you come to this point? This particular disciple has asked John's, John's disciple, how did you come to this level of praying? And the, the brother said, our disciple, disciple eh, John, taught us to pray. Hey, he said, I wish I'm John's disciple. Okay, but I have my own disciple. Now, teach us to pray. The way you are praying is the way I saw John's dis disciple praying. And I asked them, how do you come about this? They say, he taught us. Some people, when they see people that are praying, and they notice that they cannot pray, instead of them to humble themselves and demand to be taught to pray, they will start saying so many things to excuse their prayerlessness. Some will tell you that, um, that it doesn't matter, you know, the hours you pray, that what matters is that you just pray. Eh? Even if you just say one word to God, that one word you have said to God is okay. They use all kinds of you know, excuses. So we even tell you that I don't have the gift of prayer. Some people have gifts of prayer. Or they will, so we don't call it gift, they will call it grace. They say, I know you now, I respect your grace. You have grace for prayer. Eh? Me, I have only a gift of singing or beating band. Or acting drama. They try to make try to make prayer as if it is for, for some special people. When our master is saying that men, all men, not some men. Excuse me, if you notice that your prayer life is down, don't excuse it for anything. You need to, you know, open up. Teach us to pray. Is such a life that cannot be gotten by self-effort. You need to humble yourself so that you will be taught to pray. It's not something you can imitate from someone. You know, <laughs> some time, some years ago, I discovered one of the elders I respect so much. 
I discovered that he can lie down for hours, five hours, six hours praying. I mean lying down. As you are lying down with him on the same bed or the same place, you just be hearing his sound of prayers consistently for hours. Then I notice then that if I say, let me lie down to pray. Just give me some few minutes, I will sleep off. Now, I was wondering, how did he come to the point of lying down and praying for hours? And it is Now, I'm beginning to understand the secret. The secret is that this thing is, is sweet to his soul. Eh? You can't be watching film that is, you know, you are enjoying and you will sleep. No matter the position you are taking. The reason why we sleep, the reason why we so many kinds of things manifest against prayer in our life is that we have not come to the point of enjoying prayer. We don't enjoy prayer. To some of us, it's a duty. To some of us, it's a matter of recitation. Eh? To some of us, you know, before you can even talk to God, you have to, you know, sing, 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 sing. You know the way you start in Sing, 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 sing. After singing for one hour, you now get connected. No, now. Something is wrong. Don't excuse your prayerlessness for anything. Humble yourself. Come to the Lord. Say, Lord, teach, teach, teach me. Teach me to pray. Teach us to pray. Now look at, say, as John also taught his disciples. One of the core, core lessons in discipleship is prayer. John taught his disciples. Disciple of Jesus is asking him, teach us to pray. I have noticed the alarming level of prayerlessness in the life of those who say they are disciples. I even noticed that those who, who are not in discipleship, so to say, pray more. Eh? Those who don't even understand the essence of prayer. Those who don't know how to pray like Jesus prayed. They pray more. You see men, they spend all night praying. Even though their prayers is not actually in line with Jesus' own pattern. But you that say you are a disciple of Jesus. You will read in the Bible that Jesus prayed all night. Luke 6.12 But why is it that it has never occurred to you that you, you should try it? Prayer is a core, core lesson in discipleship. If you have not never learned prayer from your discipler, you have not learned anything. And maybe you say you are a discipler and you have not you have not been able to teach the disciples that you are discipling prayer. Excuse me, you have not taught them anything. You have you haven't. John also taught his disciples to pray. And I noticed that the best way to teach people to pray is to pray with them. Yes, just pray with them. Encourage them as you are praying with them. You know, when I wanted to pray with you people last weekend, what I was planning was 
when I, I set you up to pray, then I'll go somewhere and be praying. So, during that break period, the Spirit of God said, No, you have to be in their midst and be praying with them. That you are praying with them, we teach them to pray. And of course, I noticed that it was so. The first statement I made is one of the things that helped several hearts. For example, you remember when I said that, okay, we have six hours to pray. And I said, don't be thinking about six hours and be conscious of six hours. Hey, when will these six hours come to an end? You know, I am saying that because I know the way human mind used to work. In fact, before you even start praying, because you know you are going to pray six hours at a stretch, eh? your flesh will be telling you, you better not even you know, start because you know you are not going to finish. And look at you. How can you reach six hours? Just look at you. I know that the flesh is a good preacher. We preach you out of that praying place. That was why I was telling you that. That you should just forget about the time. We are here to talk to God. We are here to, okay, I said, you are here now. If you don't pray within these six hours, what will you be doing? You came for a set apart. Okay, if you don't pray for six hours, what will you not be doing? You'll be playing. Is there television here to watch? Is there thing here to watch? Why don't you relax before your father? What's the essence of, uh, you know, being conscious of six hours or not? You are here. Whether six hours or not, you know that this meeting is going to last beyond six hours. So, if you spend six hours just talking with him and, you know, it's still you. If you feel like collapsing, collapse on time so that we don't have to bring water, you know, to wake you up. Quietly collapse and then have another section of worship quietly there and join us again. <laughs> you know. Amen. Prayer is a call lesson. And you know, I don't know how you people felt after that six hours. How did you feel? <laughs> you just feel that you have, you know, because let me tell you something about Ray praying. From personal experience, there are times that you will just discover that something is wrong with your spirit. You are feeling you are feeling somehow inside, within you. And the way I normally get myself back when you have that kind of feeling is just spend time in prayer. I mean, spend hours in prayer. When you finish spending hours with God, you will notice that you are feeling alright within. You are feeling healthy. I don't know. If you are not yet paying attention to your spirit man you may not understand what I'm talking about because the way somebody will be feeling maybe headache on his head physically that's the way you'll be feeling that your spirit is not healthy because you, you have not contacted the source of your life teach us to pray as John taught his disciple who is John the Baptist under six months under six months the whole Jerusalem, the whole Israel, they turned back to God. Six months. Just six months. How did he come about that? Here we are seeing the secret. You can't have the move of God without prayer. You can't have revival without prayer. 
the physical is controlled by the spiritual. Before lives will turn to God at the physical realm, prayers has to be said at the spiritual realm. Eh? The Bible says John did no miracle. So it was no miracle that was dragging the soldiers to the wilderness for baptism. John did no miracle. It was no miracle that caused all task collectors to close their uh, uh, government office and line up for baptism in the wilderness. It was no miracle. There is a force that prayer generates that pushes men to God. When Jesus said that from the days of John the Baptist now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. Only the violence takes it by force. The force he's talking about is actually the force of prayer. It's actually the force generated by, by prayer, not a physical force. Prayer is a generator of force. And this is the force that pushes, compels men towards God. That causes sinners to suddenly detest their sin and start seeking God. Creates hunger in the heart of sinners. I have seen things about prayer. I have seen how prayerlessness, not praying well, can cause even believers to start drawing back. You know, the battle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God is only won at the place of prayer. You can't overcome, you can't win that battle. Jesus has won at the cross. It's not negotiable. But it's at the place of prayer you are able to execute and appropriate that victory. No revival without prayer. John's revival was not was because he's a praying man. And anybody that comes around him in the name of disciple, you must turn to a praying man. That's one lesson you must carry from discipleship. Disciples must wake up in prayer. Because sometimes I imagine people praying, die by fire for a whole night. Fall and die. And you will be saying, these people, are, are, are look at how they are praying. You know, you are criticizing them. But you, you cannot pray for revival for a, a whole night. You cannot pray well for a whole night. They will be praying and sweating. Why can't you also pray if you believe that they are not praying well? Pray your own well. Disciples must rise up to pray. Because if you think that all you just need is, you know, read Bible, meditate on the Bible, that can be a form of prayer. But there is a force that prayer generates that pushes things on the earth. The way God, or the, God's own attitude towards prayer is that it's, like, it's as if God has you know, stepped aside and said, well, you begin. What do you want? What you want, you will get it by your prayer. Not by any other means. Eh? If you pray, you will have it. When we go down, you notice that he was saying, for everyone that asks, receive. So if you don't ask, that one concerns you. You will say that God is wicked, that he doesn't give you when he gave to the other person. He has left everything with prayer. With prayer. You have to bargain, you have to pray, you have to, you know, labor and get your portion. 
Without prayer, you cannot get your portion. So when the disciple made that request, Jesus knew that this is a request that cannot be ignored or postponed. It's so important that he has to start the teaching right away. He said, when you pray, when you pray, not if you pray. Prayer is compulsory. Prayer is not optional. He said, when you pray, not if you pray. Don't be deceived and begin to classify prayer as one of the optional activities in Christianity. No, prayer is central. Eh? You know, sometimes you see in a fellowship or in a church where they say, these are prayer warriors. No. No. Everybody should be a prayer warrior. Everybody should pray. The Bible says that oh, I, men should pray everywhere. Men should pray everywhere. Not some people. When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that will be done as in heaven, so in earth. The first lesson that Jesus taught the disciples about prayer is that prayer is a communication between a father and a son. When you pray, say, Our Father. The only person you can call your father is somebody who is your father. Eh? That's why people say many things and they think they are praying. But please, don't misunderstand me. I want to get my concept of prayer, definition of prayer, from Jesus. Anybody who doesn't have God as his father, whatever he's doing, you may call it prayer, but the proper name is incantation to someone else or to some spirit. Prayer, according to Jesus, is a communication between a father and what? A son. It's not just anybody that is qualified to, or, to say that you are praying. No. It's not when you see somebody saying something. You say, this person is praying. After all, Satan is, are they not praying? Occultists, are they not praying? Eh? Anybody can say anything to his God. They told Jonah, call upon your God. We have called upon our own. So anybody, if you want to define prayer as, you know, making requests upon your God, I think in the law court, they even use the word prayer. When the, the barrister or whoever that is defending, we say, uh, I want to make my prayer. They use the word prayer. So if you want to define prayer as general asking or requesting, that one is too general. The real definition of prayer, Christian prayer, is a communication between a father. So if you are not born again, anything you say you are doing is not prayer, according to Jesus. When you pray, anytime you want to pray, the first thing to say is what? Our father. Is God your father? First John 3.10 says, this is how we know the children of God and the children of the devil. So we have two kinds of children. Children of God and children of devil. First John 3.10 if it is not God that born you, 
it must be devil that born you. And anybody who is not born again, born of God, truly born of God, is not qualified. You may pray, but the truth is that what you are saying is not regarded as prayer. That's the first thing. Because it must be a communication, a communion, an interaction between a father and a son. Our father. And that may be the reason why the disciples try to copy the thing. They don't know that the man is communicating with his father. When you want to talk with your father, is he a struggle? Your, your father that you love and he loves you. Anytime you want to interact with him, you go to him for communication. Say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name means worshipping and hallowing and honoring his name. Eh? You know, we, we have been taught, I don't want to go into that because that's not our focus today. But the truth is that Jesus taught them that before they begin to pray for their needs, give us this day our daily bread, they should first of all focus on him. Eh? Prayer is not focusing on you. That's where we normally get it wrong. And that's where, how we normally get tired in prayer. You come to pray and the focus of your prayer is on you. I always say that when you are at the center, eh, you will always see failure. But when God is at the center, you will see victory. Self-centeredness can be manifested in prayer. You know, you just feel that you need this, you need that, this one has not happened, the other one has not. So you go with that kind of you forgot that you are you are supposed to focus on the on the one that will answer the prayer and worship him. When you look at the matter from yourself, from your angle of yourself, you know, you will be over too overwhelmed that you you will not even be able to pray. Think about Paul and Silas in the uh, Philippians prison after they have been beaten and jailed. If they began to focus on what has happened to them, would they be able to pray? Ah, some, 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 you know sometimes, I'm not saying that we should not cry while praying, but some crying in the place of prayer is as a result of self-centeredness. Eh? You are just centered on yourself. And you look at your problem. And you are crying about your problem. There's nothing wrong in crying, but if you look at the root of some crying, you notice that this person that is crying has no focus on God. If you focus on God, forget about your problem, begin to look at, in fact, begin to look at your pro- problem from God's own angle, from God's own, you know, side. You will notice that your problem is nothing to God. Somebody sang a song that God is bigger than all my troubles. God is bigger than all my problems. What is it that God cannot do for you? See, Jesus, if you want to, Jesus was teaching the disciples that if you want, anytime you want to pray, when you come before God to pray, focus on God. Don't focus on yourself. Don't focus on your problem. Focus on God. When you focus on God, the next thing you are saying is that 
you are hallowing his name. You are worshipping him. You are praising him. You have problem, oh. You need daily bread, oh. You need to be delivered from evil, but don't say that yet. Let the focus be on him. And then, you will also notice that he has a problem. God has a problem. God has a need. And his need must confess before your need. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Thy kingdom come. He wants his kingdom to come on the earth. He wants men to become his subjects. He wants his will to be done in the life of men. That alone is a topic for another day. But the point here is focus on him first before you come down to your own problems. Everything that you are going to say about daily bread and all of that is going to come after the focus. In fact, you will notice that as you are focusing on him, as you are worshipping him, as you are lost in trying to meet his need through prayer, you will notice that he will guide you on how to pray for your own need. He will guide you. And once you pray that way, you get answers. So he began to give a parable in verse 5. Say, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Now, there is a lesson from this particular story that Jesus used to illustrate prayer. Look at the lesson. This person that, you know, has a need, has a need at a wrong time. Midnight is not a time to leave your house, two of us. The first lesson Jesus is teaching from that, this particular story is that you don't say this is a particular time to pray. Even at the very odd time, you can still come to God and get your answer. Midnight is not the time to leave your house and go to another person's house. There are so many dangers in the midnight. But a praying man should not look at the dangers around just know that God can be approached anytime. Whether it is in the midnight, anytime is a time of prayer. That's the first thing to note. I met someone who is, uh, I think, is one of these wrong groups that have been deceived. And he said that they taught them in that group that prayer can only be said between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. That that is the only time to pray. Once you are able to pray between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m., don't pray again any other time. I said that is occultism. That cannot be true teaching. Any time is a time of prayer. Any time. The Bible says, let us come to the throne of grace. Hebrew 4.16. So that we will obtain mercy and find help 
at the time of what? Need. At the time of need. Even if it is at the midnight. At the time that... Oh my God. You see, let's be... Let's understand the hymn we sang before. Say, what a privilege we have. Why do we carry our body and our load? When we can talk to God about it. Hey, I wish we can understand that we have a friend. Eh? That we can approach anytime. See, the attitude of this friend is not even the attitude of God when we come. This one, when the friend approached him, he said, I have finished for today. Don't disturb me. He said, trouble me not. I'm already in the bed with my children. I, I will not open to you. <laughs> and Jesus said, that the friend that came continued knocking and by the persistence of that knocking he got an access he got everything he was asking for amen so we need to know that Persistence in the place of prayer is another lesson Jesus is teaching here. Persistence. Even in the parable that he gave in Luke 18 about the widow, he also emphasized the need not just to pray and stop. He said, even if the friend will not rise up to give you because you are his friend, he will give you because of importunity. Because of your persistence. But there's something else I want us to see before we look at the conclusions he made from that parable. Think about this friend. Think about his heart. Think about his heart. It was not his problem now. It was the problem of his friend. Are you getting that? His friend arrived late in the night. He himself doesn't have any problem. So he could have said, my friend, you can see that I don't have any food. I don't have anything to give you. So please, just manage yourself to your money. What moved him out in the midnight is not his problem. What moved him out in the night, midnight, to face the dangers of midnight, to stand and be begging and be pleading, knocking, to receive an insultive words, despising words, locked out, is not his problem. It's the problem of another person. That's a lesson. That unless you have denied yourself, if you are still self-centered, you cannot make any progress with prayer. In fact, when I ask someone, how long can you pray at a stretch? And the person say, well, I have not prayed beyond 30 minutes. I know the problem. Such a person doesn't know how to pray for others. Such a person doesn't know how to pray for people, for situations. He doesn't know how to you know, intercede. He doesn't understand the essence of prayer. 
I read the book of Job, Job, Job 42 verse 10. The Bible says, And God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Job 42 verse 10. God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Eh? Listen, the, the, the purpose of prayer, you need to understand the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is, first of all, to worship God. Secondly, to, to meet his need, to pray down the need of God, which is the coming of his kingdom and men doing his will. Thirdly, to intercede for others before finally. Eh? God turned the captivity of Job, not when he prayed for him himself. Oh God, I need a husband. I need a husband. Can you stop praying for husband for a while and begin to pray for the marriage that doesn't have children? Can you stop praying for your own husband and begin to pray for people that are older than you that have not gotten husband and they are, they are also believers, faithful in their Lord? Eh? They are aged. Some of them are five years, two years, three years older than you and they are sisters in the Lord, not yet married. Can you forget about your own you know, husband's need and cry to God because these people are, if it is danger that you, you think you are, you are at, by your age. Somebody is at more risk than you. By age. Can you pray for them? God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. What took this friend out in the danger of the night is not his need. Oh, that we can have the heart for true prayer. The heart to forget about your need. The heart to carry the burden of others, the burden of the church, the burden of the ministers, the burden of, of God. As the, the very way we carry, this is the way we normally carry our own burden, isn't it? Ah, you see yourself struggling. You need to pay your school fees. You need to, you know, pay your children's school fees because it concerns you. I am sure that only very few people will behave like this, this friend. Only very few. If you are at all, you ever move out of your house in the midnight, eh? And the friend you ask, say, please, I have slept. So, suddenly you tell yourself, I have tried. I even left my house and came to this, uh, this house in the midnight. And he said he has slept. My friend, you have to understand, though. You can see that I have done my best. So please, let's just, you know, be patient in the morning. You will eat in the morning. I will go back in the morning. But he said, no. This does not concern me. Me, I don't have problem. I've eaten. I'm okay. But my friend needs to eat. He, don't, he, he cannot go carry empty stomach till morning. He kept on knocking. Open for me. I need food for my friend. Ah! May you have wisdom for prayer. True prayer is a heart cry for the need of God and for the need of others. First of all, First of all, people don't have burden for other people's needs. But if it is fall and die, the enemy that is fighting against me in my office, oh my God, you see them, they will stand up, you know, walking around. No more sleep. You know, because the prayer point concerns what? Concerns them. Tell them to pray for revival. 
for salvation of sinners because it doesn't concern them if they want to go to hell. Now, me make them to be living in sin, no, let them go to hell. They can't pray for salvation of people, they can't pray, they can't carry it as a burden. The spirit of true prayer is not yet in the life of so many. I just wish that we can this evening ask God to give us understanding of what real prayer is so that we can you know really make progress and is the when you have this kind of heart that's when you can enjoy prayer verse 9 Jesus began to conclude he said and I say unto you ask and you, it shall be given to you seek and you shall find Knock and it shall be opened unto you. When you read that with amplified version or even a living Bible or some other version, you will notice that that ask means ask and keep on asking until it is given to you. Seek and keep on seeking until you find. Don't seek and stop seeking. Knock and keep on what? Knocking. Because the parable from which this conclusion is coming from is that the young man asks and keep on what? Asking until he received. It's a conclusion from a parable. So he's trying to teach us that when you ask, do what? Keep on asking. The power of prayer, listen, you know our topic, understanding the purpose and the power of prayer. Now, we have seen the purpose of prayer. The power of prayer is that when you ask and keep on asking, by asking and, you know, continual asking, you will receive whatever you are asking. That's the power. That I don't have, let's say, I, I felt I need a car. And that's the need. It's a need for the kingdom. It's a need for others. And then, the the what we give you, what you are asking for, is prayer. Not complain. Not envying another person that has a car. Not mere wishing. The power of prayer is that that which is a need in your life or in the life of others or God's own need. When you ask and keep on asking, it will happen. Look at the parable. The parable says that there is nothing impossible if you continue asking. You will not have the answer if you ask and stop. The power of prayer is in persisting in prayer. I think you should write it down. The power of prayer is in its persistence. If there is no persistence in your seeking, in the place of prayer, in your asking, in your knocking, in the place of prayer, your prayer will amount to nothing. You will not be able to get much. So, 
the persistence, the importunity. And that is why prayer is not a careless venture. Before you ask, find out first of all whether what you are about to ask is according to the will of God for your life. Eh? That should be settled. Because in 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 said, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us Verse 15. We know that we have the petitions we have desired of him. So, he said, ask and you shall receive. But this particular scripture is balancing it. That you have to ask according to his what? We. Once you discover and ascertain that what you are asking is according to his will, don't stop. It will happen. Is it the will of God for you to marry? Eh? So why did you stop asking? Why? Now, look at the parable. Let me pick one or two things from the parable of the widow. Look at that parable. In Luke 18. That widow was going to a judge. Asking for the judge to help her get back her property that has been taken away by someone else. These are the properties that the husband, while he was alive, secured for her. And maybe because the husband is not around, the widow, uh, the enemy, the adversary came and took it away from her. So, she was asking for that which is rightly hers. There are things that are rightly ours in Christ Jesus. Which are not yet manifesting in our life currently. Am I saying the truth? Eh? It seems as if the adversary, the devil and his agents are sitting on some of them. The purpose of prayer from that parable is those things that are yours which Christ has secured for us by the reason of his death and resurrection you need to get to the church and persist until that which is yours in Christ manifests and becomes visible are you, are you following me at all? for example some of us are not working in divine health. You are still suffering one sickness or the other in your body. But you know that by the reason of Christ, you know, death on the cross, he has secured divine health for us, through of us. He said, by his stripes you are healed. But you notice that you are not yet experiencing it. Your husband before he left this world, secured it for you. I'm talking about Jesus. I hope you remember you are, we are his bride. Eh? But it seems as an adversary knows that 
you are ignorant of some certain things. And then he came and took away that. There are things, you see, some of us, many believers suffer unnecessarily. I discovered that even when you are passing through situations that you are not supposed to pass through, some of us doesn't take time to say, God, this should not be. What is wrong? And persist till you get answer. Was he not on this pulpit I shared with us? What happened when I noticed that we are passing through persistent financial you know, hardship? And I said, God, I need to know why. I persisted until I heard his voice. Until I got, you know, one day, I think, I've, I don't know whether I've shared it here, that I was asking God for a particular amount of money. And I was like, this money must come this night. I, see, until you learn to persist, you are not yet, your prayer is not powerful. Because your prayer can only achieve results when it is powerful. And your prayer can only be powerful when you persist. When you go to pray, perish this idea of, you know, let me be presenting the matter gradually before God every day. When you go to pray, Set your mind like Jacob. I will never leave you unless you bless me. That's the heart of everybody that prays and gets results. That's what Jesus is teaching us here. He said, don't, don't leave that place until you collect the loaf of bread you came for. Persist. Tell yourself, I'm going nowhere. When I want to pray sometimes, I will first of all preach to myself. I say, myself, listen. You have come to pray. And you are not going to leave this place until you have gotten a response for this prayer. Did you hear? Then I will now start. That's how to assess the power of prayer. So, few other instructions that he dropped after that Verse 10, he said, for everyone that, oh my God, that, that statement is too powerful. Everyone. What's the meaning of everyone? Prayer is not, God does not do partiality. God has no favorite when it comes to prayer. Eh? The only thing that makes it as if there are other factors anyway, but when it comes to issue of persistence, you notice that the reason why this person, you know, is not interested in prayer is that his prayer does not bring any results and the reason is simply because he doesn't know how to stand, persist with God until, you know in these two parables, the parable of this friend the friend was very antagonistic, the judge was not ready to do anything, but God is not like that, Jesus is saying if you that is bad you know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father eh how much more Will your heavenly father give you the Holy Ghost? Let me end with that verse 13. He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? 
Maybe I should let you know that every prayer we pray, what God releases is the Spirit. More of the Spirit. Eh? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is the executor of God's purpose on the earth. He's one that carries out you know, God's assignments on the earth. Is is the is the force that brings into being whatever God wants to happen. You see that in the book of Genesis, chapter one, verse one. When God say, "Let there be," before God say, "Let there be," the Spirit is already hovering upon the face of the deep, waiting for the word. The moment the word is coming from the mouth of God, the Spirit is moving into action. It's a force to bring light because it's there already. Are you getting it? So. When you say, God, I need a phone, I need a, a handset. If you pray that prayer very well, what you will receive is the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that will move to pray, you know, walk, touch people's hearts, to give you either money or handset. Do you understand? The direct answer for every prayer you pray from God, what comes out of God is more of the Spirit. The more you push in prayer, the more spirit is, the Holy Ghost is released. And when the Holy Ghost is released, he will now go into the practical actions that will lead to the materialization of the prayer you have what? Do you understand that? So that's why whether you are praying for revival or you are praying for a husband or you are praying for anything at all, you are praying for yourself or for anybody, the thing that God will do when your prayer becomes you know, serious is to release the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost is released, then it will cause bread to come to you. It will move the heart of the person that will give you bread. Even though you ask for bread, but what you are going to get is Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost will now move the heart of the person that will practically give you bread. That's why I said, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to them that ask him. What a privilege we have in prayer. We are not supposed to be miserable. We are not supposed to be discouraged. We are not supposed to be moved by the problems and the troubles of life. Even the end time news should not discourage us. You know, when they say CCC is here, um, the sheep and all of that, they want to, all those things. These things should not bring a discouragement to your heart. Go to God in prayer. Pray. Say to God, your servant heard that Antichrist is coming. Is Antichrist coming? That's how David used to pray. By the time you finish transaction with God, your heart will be very strong. Because he will release the Holy Ghost in response to your prayer. And the Holy Ghost will settle you. God is not wicked. He will not, he will not destroy us. He said, do not be afraid, little children. Eh? It is your father's you know, good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be afraid. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Don't let anything shake your heart. That's why in this same Luke chapter 21 verse when he was talking about end time. Luke 21 verse um, 30 
34. He said, Take heed to yourself, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that the day will come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the earth. 36. Let's read it together. One to go. Watch ye therefore and pray always. Pray how, how many times? Pray always. What is the prayer point? That you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of God. So there is a way to escape. There is a way to escape all these things. What is that way? Prayer. If you are hearing about this one, about the other one, there is a way of escape. You don't need to be afraid of Antichrist or this or that. There is a way to escape. Pray always so that you will be accounted worthy to escape. Not everybody will be worthy to, to be given the opportunity to escape. But some people will be accounted worthy to escape. And what will lead them to that is what? Persistent prayer. Pray always. The power of prayer will make some of us to escape all this news. Eh? They say pandemic. They say this one. These things are going to come to pass. But you will escape only by prayer. Rise up. And let us pray. There are some issues that God has raised tonight. I would like you to, you know, pray over them and ask God to help you. So that you will not forget these lessons, these things, fundamental, you know, foundational issues about prayer that will enable you to get stabilized in your prayer life. Because that is a great privilege. Give me that him again. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Can you start praying? I don't, I don't want you to join me in the singing, apart from those that are the worship leaders. But the rest of us just begin to pray over the issues that has come up. The power of prayer, understanding the purpose. Understanding the purpose and the power of prayer. Just an introduction because we have a long journey to go with Jesus in the school of prayer in the few weeks to come. But for the introduction tonight, I believe that the Spirit of God has pressed one or two points in your heart concerning this very important subject. Prayer is the most important thing. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Hey! All our sins and griefs to death. To carry everything to God in the prayer. Hey, what peace we offer for what a needless pain we bear. 
Hey. Oh, oh, what needless pain we bear. We don't need to bear that needle. We don't. It's needless. Oh, because we do not carry. Waiting to God in prayer. Heart, we try as a temptation. Hey, is there trouble anywhere? We should not be discouraged. We should never be this. Don't be discouraged by COVID and their fake news. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend? Can we find a friend? So faithful Who all are so to share Who will all are so to share Jesus knows everything Hey Jesus knows our every weakness to pray. Teach me not just to talk about prayer, but to pray. Teach me not just to plan about prayer, but let it come to pass that after I have planned to pray in the day or in the night, that I really prayed. Teach me to pray instead of complain or worry or get depressed or discouraged. Teach me to pray and present that need 
to you in prayer instead of worrying about it. Teach me to pray and enjoy prayer. Teach me to pray and enjoy prayer. Anything is possible with prayer. That's the power of prayer. Anything can change with prayer. That's the power of prayer. Pray that you will not be self-centered. You will be God-centered in the place of prayer. You will be other people-centered. Though you may pray for your own need, but you should not be at the center. The real spirit of prayer is not self-centered. Pray for grace to persist because the power of prayer is in its persistence. When you persist, the more you pray, the more the spirit is released. The more the force that will execute the answer is released. That's why sometimes if you have not generated enough force, you, are, you will not get the answer. He gives the Holy Ghost to those that ask him. He's a generous God. He knows all our problems, but he still wants us to pray. Because our prayer moves him to act and respond to us. Pray that you will enjoy prayer. You will not endure prayer. You will be happy coming to your father. If you are not born again, repent and get born again because prayer is not for those who are not born again. If you don't have God as a father, you can't really pray. Stay with Jesus. Children can pray and get answers to their prayer. Teenagers can pray. Adults, youth can pray. If you are a child here, pray that you will be a child of prayer. We learn to say to God, my father. Because that's what establishes prayer in the first place. The realization that he's your father. Thank you, father. Down at your feet, oh Lord. Is the most high place in your presence, Lord? I seek your face, I seek your face. There is no, there is no higher calling. No greater honor than to bow and kneel before your throne. I'm amazed at your glory, embrace 
By your mercies, oh Lord, I need to worship you. Down at your feet, oh Lord, is the most high place. In your presence, Lord, I seek your face. I seek your face. There is none, there is none. I am calling, no, greater honor than to bow and kneel before your throne. I'm a at your glory embrace by your mercies oh Lord I need to worship you Father tonight accept your spirit opens our eyes to see we may not be able to see. The understanding we are talking about is not just a, a physical one that can easily fizzle away. Let your spirit impact this revelation and knowledge in our own spirit. That we will suddenly come to know how important how powerful prayer is so that we can give ourselves to it. That's, that's the essence of knowing it. When we know the purpose and the power of prayer, it will automatically lead us to becoming prayerful people, which is the most important thing that we can ever do or be here on earth. Thank you because I know that you will use these words to apply it in our hearts. So that this understanding will be made manifest in our hearts. And it will bring about changes, real changes in our prayer lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website. www.calvaryonline.org for testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.